Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast. We're revving up for the fantasy football semifinals here in week 16. I'm your host, Joe D'Amico. I have the doctor of physical therapy here with me. We're excited to get you informed, ready to win your matchup this week. Talk to us, Tom. What's going on, man? What's new? Got three out of my six teams still playing, so I'm feeling pretty good. How about you, Joe? We'll take that. Uh, lost two. I made it in six, like we talked about. Six out of six, out of two, in four. But I'm going to need you bad, Tom, because Jalen Hurts is my quarterback in three or four. And what I mean... You can't be happy as an Eagles fan, right? I mean, we'll talk no, more about his injury. Of course but not. And sucks, I've been getting man. nonstop text messages about him and and his status. It's we're gonna have to we're gonna have to dive deep there. Well, just for our listeners, Tom will make him the first person we talk about on our show today because I need answers myself. But with us today, also another very special guest. A little nice intro for him here. He's a wannabe professional meat smoker, fantasy football manager, and overall NFL fanatic. Been doing it for 15 years, and we'll talk about this player too. He's constantly trying to get Lamar Jackson the respect he deserves. Also, a regular contributor to 32 Beat Writers. You can follow them on Twitter. We got to get up there and followers, Tom. These guys got 65,000 followers. His name They're, is Zach High Duke. Yeah, they are doing well. They are doing quite well, and, and Zach is a contributor there. Happy to have you on the show, Zach. Welcome aboard, man. Yeah, thanks. It's good to be on. I appreciate uh, you asking. I met Tom through the uh, 32 Beat Writers site, so it's been good to get to know him a little bit. And now you and uh, glad to be on with you. Happy to have you. We'll cross collaboration here and uh, hopefully us three football minds can sort through some of these injuries and uh, and get our listeners. And, and ultimately, Tom, I got to get myself <laughs> through the fantasy playoffs here. So lot to discuss, boys. We got 15 injuries and then, of course, dozens of more, uh, you know, players to analyze and, and their implications. So you boys ready? Let's get it. Let's see what we got. All right. So we are starting with Jalen Hurts. News kind of, I mean, news broke after the game, which was interesting. I mean, I think he got hurt. You know, Tom, I'll let you talk on it. But third quarter, maybe. I mean, he finished, had a great game, you know, in the first week. But I think I actually saw he is the most rostered player on fantasy football playoff team. So this one hurts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I well, mean, well done, Joe. That, that, I see I'm is, on that type of show. That is not, <laughs> uh, but it is a sprained shoulder. Um, like I said, it's devastating, um, you know, at least for fantasy players. Why don't you give us the news, Tom? Give us the breakdown. I know you wrote a good article on this, but, but what do you got to say about Jalen Hurts? Yeah, so I put out an article, I think that was yesterday, Tuesday on FantasyInjuryTeam.com on Jalen Hurts and his injury, really diving deep in it. So as, as a diehard Eagles fan, I watched the entire game, and this play that he got injured on, I was like, oh, no, that looks like an AC joint injury. But he kept going, so I'm like, okay, I guess he's okay. That's, that's good. The way he got tackled, he, he landed right on the side of his right shoulder. Defender landed on top of him. Hallmark way for an AC joint injury, but also a collarbone fracture. So him finishing the game and then he had x-rays that were negative. So no fracture, thank God. But yeah, clear mechanism for AC joint injury. But the good news is he finished the game and he threw well after that. Now, there's two reasons or there's, there's two things to break down there. One, adrenaline is pumping in game. That adrenaline dampens pain. We know that pain impacts function. So when a quarterback's shoulder's really hurting, he's not going to be able to sling it as well. But he's in the heat of the battle. The adrenaline's dampening that pain. That's how he. That's one way that he was able to finish the game. The other thing is the swelling doesn't always kick in right away, especially if you're being very active, running, throwing, things like that. Blood's pumping, heart rate's jumping. So I imagine that the day after the game and today, he was, he's much stiffer. And, and in more pain, I would imagine. All that being said, this doesn't sound that severe of an AC joint injury to where his NFL playoff situation, he should be fine. He should be ready to go, hopefully second week of the playoffs, because hopefully we get that by. But he should be ready to go well before that. For fantasy, I, I don't know that he's going to play this week. He did not practice to start the game or to start the week. And it's really sounding like it's going to be Minshew this week. I know Sirianni said that he's not going to rule Jalen Hurts out. We talk all the time on the show how coaches put a lot of bullshit out there to make the opponents prepare for the injured player. 
you prepare for Jalen Hurts totally differently than you prepare for Gardner Minshew. Especially huge divisional game against the Cowboys, right? Totally makes sense. Exactly. Here's the other thing. The Eagles really don't need to win this game that much. I mean, if we if they just win one of their final three games or I believe either Dallas or Minnesota loses one of their final three games, the Eagles get the number one seed. So I get it. It's their division rival. You want to kick their ass every time. But do you want to sacrifice your quarterback when you're making a Super Bowl run? I, I don't know. I really, I think that if they were playing for more, like playing for their lives right now, Hurts would be out there this week if he was healthy enough. I don't think they rush him back, though. Even if they do, we see a significant decline in fantasy production in quarterbacks when they return from this injury. Now, the sample size is small, so we can't come to conclusions with this data, but we see a decline of 6.2 fantasy points from their pre-injury average in the first game after an AC joint sprain to the throwing shoulder. But like I said, small sample size, and it's really not a super comparable sample size to Jalen Hurts because it's mostly pocket passers where Hurts is a runner. So this is a really long way for me to say I doubt he plays this week, but if he does, you might as well still ride with him. So in the meantime, go and pick up Gardner Minshew because he's a really good quarterback. And it should be a pretty high-scoring competitive game against Dallas. All right. Some good info there. A lot to digest. So the fact that the Eagles are actually so good this year actually hurts fantasy or, 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 or makes it worse for us, for us fantasy owners that have him. Because I agree with you. I don't see why they're bringing him back. So let's talk contingency plans, right? So just for everybody out there and myself, we're not going to replace Jalen Hurts, right? The number one quarterback this year. So we're looking for someone that's going to just get the job done 75, 80% or so of the output that Hurts has. I got a couple options here and then we'll pivot over to Zach and you could tell us what you're, you know, there's so many people out there scrambling, you know, for, for players, Daniel Jones to me. I mean, yeah, I'm a Homer. I'm a Giants fan, but against the horrendous Vikings defense, I think he's a safe pickup, you know, half PPR or four point quarterback touchdown. I'm looking for a guy who's going to go out, give me 16, 17, 18, keep me in my matchup, right? He could be one. Tom, you mentioned Gardner Minshew against Dallas. Listen, guy's been a good quarterback. Two starts in his, or his last two NFL starts, 39 for 58, 428 yards, four touchdowns and a pick. Plus they're playing indoors. Not a bad option there. He's going to sling it, right? Rodgers, tough to trust. They need a win, though, right? I mean, I could see Rodgers going out and slinging it. They play 31st ranked against the pass Miami. Maybe a little December magic from Rodgers. No touchdowns last week. Maybe a bounce back this week. Or maybe Rock Purdy, another name I have here. Maybe we'll talk about him a little bit later. But he plays the Commanders, kind of a stingy D. But listen, he's averaging 17.8 in his starts this year. That's kind of all I want. Zach, what do you think, man? I'm having I'm having a hard time figuring out who to pick up, who to play for Hurts, man. What do you think? Who's the best option? Yeah, I mean, it's a whole lot of not great. Um, although I do think the Daniel Jones idea is not a bad one. Um, if you're just looking at pro football focus, which I think does PPR, um, Daniel Jones is you know ranked number 11 on the year. And as you said, the Vikings defense is not that great. Uh, they played great for a half against Indy last week, I suppose. But before <laughs> that, you know, um, I mean, what not a that, game that was. Yeah, that crazy. was crazy. That was awesome. But um, yeah, their, their past defense is not all that amazing so i think that you've probably highlighted the best ones outside of that i mean i don't love jared goff against the panthers if you've got uh if you've got him on the waiver wire um so honestly yeah i'd probably i'd go with jones but if 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 uh minchu's on the wire like uh like tom said i'd definitely pick him up, especially if I'm the Hertz owner and I'd feel fine throwing him in there. Um, I don't love it against Dallas, but I do think that the Eagles O line is, is, is good enough to handle 
what they're throwing at him. And he he did well enough in the, the opportunities that he's been given in the past couple of years. And then, um, you know, if you just look at his first year, uh, he played 14 games with Jacksonville, had like 3,200 yards and 21 touchdowns. That's pretty good for a rookie. So, um, you know, if he's done anything at all while learning with the Eagles, I think that you have a reasonable shot there. So, yeah. All really good points. Maybe a little Minshew magic Um, real quick before we go to the next guy. I had zero fab dollars left and the guy I'm playing threw $1 on Gardner (laughs) Minshew so that I couldn't get him. That's the type of strategy. Yeah, that's great strategy. Love it. Can't be mad at it. And I, uh, he already had Daniel Jones and he has Burrow. So I went with, uh, I'm going with Rogers this week, but I agree with you, man. I don't like Goff either so much, and Minshew has proven that he could do it. And even again, he gets you 15, 18. We're kind of happy. Staying with the Eagles, Tom. Dallas Goddard, I don't even see an injury designation for him, but still hasn't played since week 10. No hurts. You know, if Minshew is in, obviously we know. Standard stuff. Backup quarterbacks, target tight ends a little bit more. But what's up with him? Is he playable this week? Is he actually playing in the NFL this week? And then Uh, we'll talk fantasy. All reports are that all systems are go with Dallas Goddard. He's missed the last five games with a shoulder injury. They never officially told us what it was, but we've talked about how the video very suggestive of an anterior dislocation with the labrum tear, and that sounds worse than it often is. Um, five weeks is plenty of time to rehab that to the point where if it's going to respond favorably without surgery, it would. Um, we see this with Dalvin Cook this year and last year. Now, of course, the risk is that a redislocation rate is much higher when you've already had a dislocation. But that said, the function should be 100%, like 100%. He is not going to see any negative impact from this unless it redislocates. Um, so I, I think you're very safe to, to fire him up. I see him picking up right where he left off before he got injured. Top five or six tight end, I think, before he went out. He's still, I mean, we talk about the tight end wasteland all the time. He's missed five weeks, still tight end 14 on the season, but That's incredible. It's, yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, Zach, you agree with that? Goddard, a guy that we can kind of just plug and play this week. I mean, I, I feel like I'm, I'm super confident in, in him this week. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I didn't get to a chance to look at Dallas's numbers against tight ends specifically, but yeah, I mean, before he went out, you get 13 against Minnesota, 11 against Washington, 12 against Jacksonville, 17 Arizona. Like if you can get even half that it's as good or better than what you're getting off of the waiver wire from anybody else. Or if you've been keeping them on IR, if you have a slot like that. Yeah. I mean, there's not, a lot else out there. So if he's good and, and Dr. Tom is saying he's healthy, then I fire him right up. I'm with you. All right. On to a guy that we already know we mentioned in the intro, Lamar Jackson. So Tom, I remember in the beginning of the week, put out an article. You were, you know, I read a little bit. I read your stuff, Tom. I love your stuff. Uh, I have to, but you were pessimistic about Lamar Jackson playing earlier in the week. And now again, today's Wednesday when we're recording here, still no practice today. The PCL, um, you know, what's it? it's it's not looking good for him right now, right, this week? Yeah, I've really been pessimistic about his rest of season outlook since this injury a few weeks ago. And the reason is the PCL, while it's not as significant as the ACL, not even close to as significant as the ACL for knee stability, it still provides stability for the knee, and it provides sensory input from the knee to the brain on where the foot or where the leg is in space. Now, what does that mean in football terms? That means it's very, very important for a player's ability to accurately and precisely place their foot to cut when running. And that's what Lamar Jackson does. That's why he is a star quarterback in the NFL, and that's why he should be getting a fat paycheck pretty soon. When this, when this injury is present, it's going to impact that sensory function a little bit, which is going to make it harder for an athlete to be as confident when planting their foot to cut. Any hesitation in the NFL makes a big difference. The margin between Lamar Jackson and another quarterback that's that's not as good as him, it's, it's, it's not that big. Like all of these guys in the NFL, the margin of difference is not that big. It's where any hesitation or any 
decline in your, your agility, your quickness is going to make a huge impact. Now, the other thing is with this injury, what we've seen with Dalton Schultz and Julio Jones this year is there's a pretty high recurrence rate. The reason for that is the, the way the PCL is designed anatomically, the parts of the ligament that are injured, which in, in a grade one or grade two injury, it's not the whole ligament that's injured. It's just little little fibers of it. They usually don't actually form back together, the injured fibers. The healing is just the swelling going down and the stiffness re- resolving. But the ligament, it's the torn parts of the ligament usually aren't able to form back together. So a recurrence can happen quite, quite easily. We saw that with Dalton Schultz and Julio Jones this year. And the other thing I don't like is last season, we saw Ezekiel Elliott's numbers decline pretty significantly after this injury for the rest of the season. If this wasn't Lamar Jackson, if this was Tom Brady, Joe Burrow, pocket passers, not concerned at all, at all. I don't think this is going to impact Lamar's throwing at all. It's just that he does so much of what he does with his legs. And I don't see that being a hundred percent the rest of this season. All right. Well said. I mean, they're a team that's still in the playoff hunt very much so, but without him, I mean, what was the game Saturday night? They are so bad without him. That, that game against the Browns 13 to three, they, they are, they are not good without him. I mean, Huntley quarterback rating 54.6, just other fantasy implications from the team, at least some positive stuff. If you got JK Dobbins, Looking pretty good, Tom. Looking a little more healthy, looking a little more explosive. Still got to get his top-end speed back, but I think he's really solidified himself as their RB1. Another 13 carries for a buck 25. 9.6 yards a carry, so that's at least a positive there, but their passing game shambles. I mean, even even Mark Andrews, man, like been a fantasy bum lately. I mean, a guy that's just like a stalwart, a guy that we all know and love at tight end for years, probably still top five tight end in the NFL, but he's been bad. Three catches on a team high, 31 yards in the passing game. Ouch. Not good. But, Zach, over to you here. Uh, why do you like Lamar Jackson so much? You, you said you're, a Mar- you're, you're, or you're, you're trying to get Lamar Jackson the respect he deserves, literally in your bio. But what yeah. are your thoughts on him, man? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with Tom, like he said earlier, about getting a fat paycheck. I think the Ravens would be making a huge mistake. I know that that's not particularly injury related but uh yeah i am very motivated to get in the respect he deserves just personally because i have a lot of friends i live in the southern pennsylvania area and so you know i have friends who are from philly baltimore you know washington fans or whatever and um a lot of them just hate like they just think he's not that great but i i, I think lamar jackson's making a lot of money with this injury that he um had here because as you can see the entire team falls completely apart when he's not there and i think that 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 uh that's pretty obvious like he said um there's literally nobody other than jk dobbins that you could play you can almost kind of think of them as the patriots uh of the baltimore area right there's just <laughs> one running back who seems to be getting the job done and that that's the only thing going on the team. So he's been doing great. Um, and I don't know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that, Tom, uh, just about how you expect him to do maybe the rest of the season, just a health wise, because we saw him come back, not do very well, leave again. Um, and so I don't know on the Ravens, he's the only guy I'm looking at Mark Andrews. What's weird about him is he's still getting targets, like six targets against Pittsburgh in week 14. Uh, I think that was, I, I was Lamar Jackson injured early in that game or was that the game previous against Denver? I I'm a little rusty on that. I think now, that was but... previous. Yeah. I think Jackson yeah, okay. missed that game. Okay. Completely. Yeah. So, but with him out completely then over the last two weeks, it's been six targets and seven targets, but still like 17 yards, 31 yards on two catches and three catches. And like, obviously if you're scoring three points and there's no touchdown upside for Mark Andrews, like, I mean, it's just brutal. I it's rough. And like, what are, what are the, what's the value of those targets? You can give him 10 targets in a Huntley ran offense. And what is that going to do for you? Right. But yeah, that's a that's an excellent point about this is making. I didn't even think of it like that. Like, hey, look what happens when you take Lamar Jackson away. Your team's going to score three points like that's that's a really good point. Tom, exactly. did you want to touch on on Dobbins at all? I mean, he wasn't really on the show, but I mean, he looks pretty good. 
he's he's looking good and and Joe this is exactly what we talked about in the preseason how with how extensive of an of an injury his his knee injury was because it wasn't just the ACL there's a number of tissues involved and just the data on running backs coming off of ACL injuries in general they never start out good unless they're Adrian Peterson or Jamal Charles but later in the season we start to see them pick it up quite a bit so so I was all over social media, Twitter, everything in the preseason saying, if you pick J.K. Dobbins, make sure you don't need to rely on him in the first half of the season. Second half of the season, he'll probably start to look good, though. I was saying that all preseason. So I think this is exactly what we expected. As far as that aggravation of his his knee that he had, re-injury rates, it it doesn't have to be a re-ACL tear, but the rates for other types of injuries, like hamstrings, like we saw with with Godwin, um, and we've seen with a number of other players before, they're just higher after ACL injuries. Yeah. They they just are, and it, it's not spe- not always specific to a particular type of injury, but just some kind of injury rate it is higher after the ACL. All righty, on to our next guy. Now this has changed since we uh, since I wrote the script up here. Russell Wilson concussion, but now it looks like he's healthy. Tom, what do you? I mean, is he he was full participant? I think is he back? Yeah, he's he's back. He's good to go. And I believe that he will be starting this week. All right. So in terms of fantasy implications there, I mean, Lat Murray's the guy. He had a great week last week. 24, 24 carries for 32-year-old Lat Murray, man. Good 130 yards and a touchdown. Jerry Judy without Sutton still commanding targets. You know, last week, solid three touchdowns the week before. But last week, Judy, seven of 76 on eight, uh, eight targets. Not much else doing. I mean, Sutton, it looks like he might possibly play this week, but Zach, what do you think? I mean, who who's startable from this Broncos offense and fantasy? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to trust anybody. It was interesting to see them score three touchdowns against the uh, Chiefs with Russell Wilson a couple weeks ago. That made you feel like, well, maybe there is something here. Um, I don't love it either way. If you're going to get volume from Latavius Murray and you're in a tight spot, I mean, it was against Arizona, right? And we know that they're just a terrible defense, especially with their team completely falling apart as it is. Um, Against the Rams, I don't think they've been particularly great um, on the ground. You know, you still have Aaron Donald there, um, but they are also in a bad spot. So I don't know. It's, It's like, uh, two bad teams going up against each other. I, I would assume that Denver just tries to find a way to win and control this game. So you can probably start Latavius Murray. Um, and I don't know, maybe expect like 12 points or 13, 14 points if you need it. Yeah. I think he's got a safe floor with all those carries. So, okay. Another big injury here, man. Jonathan Taylor. Pra- I mean, I think he's probably one of the most frustrating fantasy players of the year we can add. <laughs> DJ more to that. We can go on and on about who's on that list, but this was, correct me if I'm wrong, Tom, his third high ankle sprain, right, yep. of the year, yep. and looks like he's probably done for the year, yeah, right? Is that yeah. what we're looking at here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done for the year. Yeah, third high ankle sprain. That's never good. Um, the, the good news is that he'll be ready to go week one. There's no question about that, and he'll be ready to go to start his offseason training in, in a month or two, like right. full go. The issue is what we talk about a lot of times on the show is that these recurring ankle injuries, especially the more severe ones like a high ankle, can often lead to the persistent stiffness of the ankle where it's just no longer as mobile as the uninjured side or as it normally would be. And that's so important because the ankles are our shock absorbers. So if he's not able to regain full motion in that ankle, with which with three in one season it's very possible that that ankle is never going to move the same again. So now he's no longer absorbing shock as well on that side. So more force goes to his knee, to his hip, to his back, which can lead to these like nagging injuries, like, uh, you know, where they just pop up with, Oh, like his knee irritation or, or hip irritation, like out of nowhere. It's not like it's something that you could clearly see during the game from a awkward hit or something. Things like that can pop up a lot, but also some of your more significant injuries can can become a little bit more 
prone to. There's no way to predict that 100%. I know there'll be some people on Twitter saying, oh, you can't predict injuries. No, not to 100%, but there are clearly defined factors that can predispose someone to injury that is in the medical literature. And this is one of them. So I don't think this is a reason for alarm to start selling him on your dynasty teams or anything like that. It's just you you got to know that he may be more likely to get injured going forward and do what you want with that information. All right. So that's a good conversation for us to have in the off season, Tom, when we're starting to rank our players for next year. Now, fantasy wise, that's what, that's what I do here. That's what I bring in. We got Deion Jackson and Zach Moss Colts this week, play the charger. I mean, what a great schedule was setting up for JT for a playoff run. Colts play the chargers who are 28th against the run this week. The Giants next week in fantasy championships, 30th against the run. Deion Jackson, we've seen. I mean, he's filled in admirably before when he's been called upon, but looks like it's Zach Moss time. Zach frickin' Moss, 24 carries, 81 yards. Jackson, not bad, 13 for 55. Probably the better pass catcher. And what Zach referenced before is probably the worst blown lead. I think it was the worst lead yeah. in NFL history. But um, do you like, you know, quick, do you, do you like any of those guys, that, uh, Zach, Zach Moss, uh, Deion Jackson, you know, any any – any guy, would you start any of them this week? Yeah, I was talking with a friend about this earlier today, kind of arguing back and forth. And I think, I mean, you have to, what's hard to know is, like you said, we've seen Deion Jackson do a decent job. You know, there was a game where he scored, what was it, like 28 points. Um, all of them, though, if you look at it, what's scary about him is he's had, in that game where he scored that many he had 10 targets and then also the, the 12 carries. Um, and then if we're like, he, he's gotten three, four or five targets in other games. So whether or not he's starting, like you said, we saw Zach Moss, Deion Jackson fumbled in that game and that definitely contributed to their uh, loss there. So if I'm starting Zach Moss, it's because I just need some points. Uh, if I'm starting Deion Jackson's because I'm an underdog and I need a, a high upside play. So, yeah, I don't know if, if somebody like Ken Walker doesn't end up going or something like that. And I need a pinch uh, pinch player. Maybe I throw Deion Jackson in. He'd be my play if I had to play somebody and I was looking for upside. That'd probably be the way I lean. And it's all about roster construction. Hundred percent, Zach. You nailed it. Do you need Do you need a guy who's going to go out and get you ten? Moss sounds good. You need a guy who could explode a little bit. Maybe Jackson. All right. Next player. This one should be quick, Tom. A.J. Dillon, again, reports change all the time. He was being evaluated for a concussion on Monday night, but now he looks healthy, right? A.J. Dillon seems like he's all good. Yeah, and that tells us he probably didn't actually have a concussion because you can't go from having a concussion to being <laughs> completely through the five-stage protocol in, in not, that not short these of a days time. anymore. No <laughs> shot. No shot anymore. So the, it was probably a, a, one of those precautionary things that we're seeing now since the Tua injury, and he probably didn't actually have a concussion. Good. Good for fantasy owners. He's been resurgent lately, man. Last three games, 16.3, 19.4, and 20.6. Getting decent volume. You know, he's lightly involved in the receiving game. They play Miami this week. It was a pretty soft defense. Romeo Dobbs back in the fold. He had five for 51. My boy Christian Watson, a little regression there. Uh, had an opportunity to score, but uh, we, we didn't get any end zone for him. But Zach, you still in on Christian Watson? Are you a believer? Yeah, I think um, it's kind of funny. In my dynasty league this year, I uh, ended up drafting him. And so just at the beginning of the year, it was just bad news, bad news, bad news. And I was getting so depressed. And then he comes out and drops three touchdowns, 107 yards. And I just, yeah. you know, it was great dunking on everybody in the league chat, <laughs> right? But I'm a believer um, too, man. I love him. I, I, yeah. I'm so biased with the guys I have. I feel like I build like mental relationships with them. I like love them. But yeah, I'm, I'm Oh, totally. Yeah, no, we all do that. That's a that's a mental, you know, psychological thing. We love what we have, right? So, um, but yeah, I think overall, I think you got to start him uh, if you have a slot where it makes sense. Again, you mentioned the Miami defense, not all that great mo week to week. Uh, he could have easily had a touchdown last week. He missed that signal from Rodgers right there near the goal line. He was supposed to catch that screen from a couple yards out. Um, who knows, maybe does or doesn't get in, but 
he's had four receptions pretty much every single game except against Chicago where he just had the three, but you're seeing eight, six, seven targets a game, which, you know, that's not super high volume, but if you think of like AJ Brown from last year, um, there are guys that can make a living on those targets. So yeah, a, a great opportunity for a boom play there. Um, so there's no reason, like I said, he couldn't have had a touchdown last week. And we know that those aren't sticky, but they get him involved on sweeps, on screens, on, you know, quick passes, on goes. So they they know that he's the only thing and they are trying to get a playoff spot here. So they're going to they're going to do everything they can. And he he has to be part of that plan, regardless of the fact that he's a rookie. That's why I like Rodgers this week, too. He's my contingency plan for Hurts. I'm trying to catch lightning in a bottle there and go Rodgers-Watson and just see, see if I can get some production out of him. Okay, almost halfway through here. Uh, next is Jeff Wilson. He's got a hip injury. Sounded like he was close to playing last week against the Bills. Is he any closer, Tom? What do you got on Jeff Wilson this week? You must be reading the same reports I'm reading. Uh, <laughs> I read two or three. I don't, sometimes I just use ESP, but I, I like to... I like to get multiple sources involved in it yeah. before I put something on paper here, but <laughs> no, you're exactly right. Here's close to playing last week. Um, this is one of the annoying ones where they didn't give us much detail on the hip injury. We don't know what the injury is, so it's hard to really break it down, but any kind of hip injury is going to impact lateral agility and cutting, and then even just straightforward sprinting and, and running guys over. But the fact that he was close to playing last week tells me that he's, should be just about over this injury and close to 100% now. Now, can you trust him in in a, in a semifinals game? That's going to depend on your roster. I personally am not in the league that I have him in, but I also have Saquon and Zeke to start over him. Oh, good for you, man. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I wrote that exactly I don't think he can be trusted, especially since Mostert just shredded the Bills. Another really good running game, 17 for 136. If you're them, if you're the Dolphins, how do you shy away from that, right? Mostert just showed you can do it. Looks healthy. Looks pretty good. Passing game, we all know. Still waddling Tyreek, plug and play. Um, Zach, what do you think? Is If, if Wilson plays, and, and <laughs> are him and Mostert playable? Just, just Wilson, what do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, like you guys said, it's a tough call. Um, Wilson, I think, was meant to be their guy when they traded for him. Um, Mostert, prior to that trade, just had a really bad expected yards or expected. I, I'm basically an expected yards gained on a run. He was really, really low in the league, even though he's really fast and he can break them and stuff like that. Um, and Jeff Wilson was one of the highest. Of course, he played for the 49ers, so that's kind of a given. But, um, yeah, I think if if you get a full practice from uh, Wilson on a Thursday, that makes you feel a little bit better. But I don't know. I don't know if he, if he practices in full and Raheem Mostert practices in full. Yeah, I have a hard time trusting them. One of them, I feel like, is going to have a good day against that bad Green Bay defense, but I couldn't tell you which. I it's going to be the no matter which one you pick, it's going to be the it's going to be the other. Yeah. It's, it's every <laughs> single is. time because that's just how life works. But we've also seen games where, like Tom. Remember, we last like couple weeks we talked about. Remember, they just like went away from the run. We saw games where it was like three yeah. carries for one, one carry for another. This was like maybe yeah. two or three weeks ago, week before. So it's. You want to trust Mostert, and I think if you're a Mostert owner, obviously you don't want to root for someone to be hurt, but you just want to see Wilson out because then I think Mostert's a must-play. But I think with both of them, it's just tough. And again, it depends on your roster construction, depends what kind of risks you're willing to take and what you need. But that's a tough one. So again, you know, we tell you guys to monitor. We'll monitor. I know Tom will, will be all over Twitter with these, and we'll keep an eye out for that one. All right. Patriots backfield. I mean... Ramondre, baby. I say it every week. That's that's your league winner right there, Ben. That's one of them. Seems totally healthy as of now. You know, back to RB1 status. Damian Harris, even if he plays, uh, we, I think he's gone. I think he's a lost cause at this point. Haven't seen much progress from him. Backup-wise, probably a toss-up between Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris. I mean, I like Strong just based off his efficiency numbers. Um, but, I mean, any word on that backfield, Tom? Any comments there on, on the Pats? So Ramondre, he had he was coming into the game with the high ankle sprain that we, we knew was pretty minor the whole time. And we really weren't 
that concerned about starting him. Like I, I put out a tweet, I think on Saturday about him, or I think it was, a, 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 maybe it was even Sunday morning. It was a response to somebody asking me like, Hey, should I be afraid to start Ramondre? Well, if we remember the data shows, which is a pretty good sample size that we have on fantasyinjuryteam.com under the high ankle sprain page, running backs are not that negatively affected by this injury. They may miss some games, but when they return, they're not that negatively affected. I think going into last week, they were averaging a decline of half a point from their pre-injury baseline. That's and, nothing. That's nothing. And after Ramondre's performance, uh, that number is even better now because right. he, he far out outperformed his pre-injury average. So, yeah, he's keep him in your lineup you're a fool <laughs> if you take him out of your lineup don't even think about it and and listen are we work really hard on the statistics and on the trends and that stuff and are they always perfectly accurate this but no but most of the time honestly they've been pretty good so that's yeah. a, that's what our value is tom and, and we appreciate that insight too and of course we can't go away from the pats without talking about uh jacoby myers with an all all time not top 10 play my god <laughs> Bill, I mean, I I respect him so much, Myers, because after he's like, that was on me. It was a stupid play. I mean, Mac Jones got to make that tackle, though. We got to get Sam. <laughs> yeah, back what are you doing, Mac? <laughs> yeah, just tackle the defensive end, right? Bring the yeah, just just bring this guy down who's, who's twice your size. But that that was a comical finish. I felt bad. I mean, not that I feel bad for the Pats much, but that was an ugly sight right there. Okay. All right, on to uh, the Texans wide receivers. We could kind of cluster them here. Different injuries, but we kind of a disaster over there in Houston. Nico Collins, questionable this week with a foot injury. Brandon Cooks, questionable with a calf injury. A lot of talk in the fantasy world last week about Chris Moore. I mean, had nine targets, didn't do too much with it, four for 42, but we'll, we'll talk about him in a little bit. But what's the status of Collins and Cooks, Tom? Collins is still not practicing with that foot injury. He's not going to be a reliable rest of the season. He wasn't really reliable before he got hurt. The foot's going to impact all aspects of running, sprinting, cutting, jumping, everything. So even when he returns, he's not, not likely to be at 100%, and his 100% was not getting it done for fantasy. Cooks, on the other hand, back to practice, full practice today, but he's got that calf injury. Let's think about how important the calf is for athletics. When we're sprinting and cutting, we are in a what's called a plantar flex position at our foot. It's like you're pressing, you're pointing your your foot down like you're pressing the gas pedal because we run on the balls of our feet, right? Our heel doesn't touch the ground when we're sprinting. When you're going for a jog, it does. When you're walking, it does. But sprinting and cutting, usually your heel is not touching the ground. That means the calf is constantly working because the calf puts you in that plantar flex position, that that pressing the gas pedal position. The, the reason we do this with running is for efficiency. So instead of our foot totally bending and our ankle bending, which is nice for shock absorption and things like that for walking, it also helps make our walk more efficient, less, less muscle work, but it's from uh, getting to point A to point B, it's going to take longer. So instead we, we utilize our calves almost as like a spring and it's almost like you're on a pogo stick when you're running, when you're on the ball of your foot. So the foot stays rigid the whole time, and then the calf is like a spring, and it just propels you forward, forward, forward. So if there's an injury there, that spring-like mechanism is not at 100%. So he's not going to be able to run as fast, he's not going to be able to cut as fast, not be able to jump quite as well. And that's why we see a major decline in fantasy points in receivers when they return from a calf injury. Decline of 5.3 points from their pre-injury baseline. That is massive. That's the biggest number that we have other than the quarterback AC joint injury that we talked about earlier. But the thing with these receivers, only 6%, one out of 17 have met or exceeded their pre-injury baseline when they return from a calf injury. And we talked about that a few weeks ago. Do you remember who it was, Joe? Uh, No. no, Zach, take a guess. Take a guess. Just who had a... So who who's the only receiver that had a good fantasy game in their first game after a calf injury? I'm just trying to think calves. I don't. I'm just going to take a guess at like Cooper Cup or somebody like that, but I don't remember him. It's a great guess. I have no idea. It's not a bad guess. Is it a buck? Is it a buck? Uh, part of his career. It was in 2017, though. He wasn't a buck. Oh, Antonio Brown. Yeah. Okay. He's always he's always the answer Uh, to this. Yeah. That actually should be a lot going forward. Anytime he does a (laughs) trivia question. Oh, Antonio Brown in the in the 
late 2010s or mid and <laughs> whatever. Um, all right. So then before we talk about Chris more than from that team, I just laughed when I saw this Royce Freeman, 11 carries. Where did he come? Are we joking? Dari Agumbawale kind of ineffective. He was good last year filling in, but he didn't really do too much. But again, back to Chris Moore and Zach, I'll come over to you here. I mean, let's say Nico Collins looks like he's not going to play. Tom just brought up Brandon Cooks, who even if he does play, probably not going to reach his baseline, right? Only 6% of players have. So what do you think? Is Chris Moore, is he playable this week? I mean, they play, they play the Titans this week, losers of four straight. And our 32nd in the NFL in pass yards allowed. Is this like we're going to see DFS Chris Moore again? What, I mean, what do you what do you think about him this week? Yeah, um, I mean, I don't have like major major opinions on him. It's been weird, you know. He's 29 years old, um, but like you said, he's gotten a lot of targets the last two weeks. The Texans have swapped quarterbacks halfway through the year, back and forth. Uh, Davis Mills should be the guy again, from what I understand. Um, and Tennessee, like you mentioned, you know, they've um, not been that great against the past just in general. So, man, you know, we're talking about trust here, right? But, yeah, if, if I, I'm not putting a lot of stock into Brandon Cooks anyways, and especially given what uh, we just heard. I'm Yeah, we can write him off. But uh, Chris Moore, sure, if, you, if you're desperate, I mean, maybe you get lucky, but the touchdown upside is just not there. And like, that's like we mentioned earlier, he had 10 receptions against Dallas, which, you know, figure that one out, but, uh, and eight, you know, and then eight for 42. Like, I think that game against Kansas city is probably like your upside, your eight, if you get eight receptions and 50, 60, 70 yards, you, that's probably, I think your upside there. So if you really need something, Maybe you can throw him in there, but maybe you get more against Tennessee. I don't know. Yeah, tough. Probably a low floor play. Not a guy you might want to trust in your semifinals. It's just, Agreed. it's almost like ball's got to go somewhere, but I don't know, again, how valuable targets are to Texans offense. Okay. Tom, your boy, Tyler Lockett. Unfortunate news for him. Surgery on a broken index finger ruled out for week 17, or excuse me, for week 16 this week. Maybe back next week. What do you got on Tyler Lockett? He is my boy. He's on uh on my main team, so that sucks. I don't I don't really see how he would play in week 17. I mean, it's possible, but the the sur- the, the injury was to his second metacarpal. So by the way, Pete Carroll's description of this was hilarious. He said something along the lines of <laughs> it's not actually a finger injury, it's a uh, injury to to the metacarpal that lines up with the, with the index finger. It's the first metacarpal. Well, it's actually the second metacarpal Pete, but, but uh, <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. You, wait, you, wait. So you, what, what's a metacarpal though? I still have no it's, idea what it's that is. It's one of these hand bones. The, the oh, hand not bones. on your actual finger, but, in right, your, right, right, right. Oh. but, but it lines up with the finger. Right. Um, so the surgery, there's a couple different ways they can do the surgery. I I've heard that they, they put a pin in there. So, that's typically in for three to six weeks and then it's taken out and as the bone heals. I don't believe they typically let players play with those in, but I imagine that they could. Um, I don't, I mean, they certainly could, but the fracture is not going to be healed in a week. It's going to be stable with the pin, but it's still going to hurt like hell. So like right. I, what I'm trying to say is I, I, I wouldn't think the fracture would get worse while the pin's in, but it's still going to hurt like hell and probably be swollen. And if it's swollen and he can't, doesn't have the dexterity in his hand, he's not going to be able to catch a, a, a bullet pass from Gino. Right. So I, I'm not relying on him week 17. And I, I think this, we know that Pete is not reliable at all with his injury talk. He's so, the worst, the absolute worst. So I think this is coach speak. I don't think he's going to play in the regular season. If they make the playoffs, he could certainly play then, but I I don't think he's back in the regular season. Now the Seahawks this week, huge underdogs, nine and a half points play the chiefs. They're going to have to throw. They're going to throw a lot. I think you guys with DK Metcalf have to be thrilled about this. Again, we don't get happy about injuries, but fantasy wise, like that's, I would even pay DFS guys. I would pay up for him. I don't know what his price is going to be six, $7,000, whatever it is, but ball's got to go somewhere. I, they're going to be down and they're going to have to throw. 
We'll talk about another guy I really like soon. But before we do that, let's let's hop over to Ken Walker, who another Pete Carrollism. Tom, just first name basis, Pete. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Pete. Um, so on this one, he said, "How how's Ken Walker?" His response: "We'll see." So uh, we're not getting much from Pete Carroll in this one, but. Ken Walker played 75% of the snaps last week. Looks like he's truly questionable, though. And he's another guy I got on my team, too, man. But what, what do you think the status is going to be this week for Ken Walker? I, did, I didn't see any reports that he aggravated his ankle. It sounds like this is the same thing he's been dealing with, that he just played 75% of the snaps for. And we've talked about him a couple times on the show. I wrote a nice long article on fantasyinjuryteam.com a couple weeks ago explaining his injury. It's not like a sprain where you you lose some of that sensory information that we talked about um, with Lamar Jackson, although that's a knee, but still the lig- ligaments everywhere in our body provide that sensory information. So I, I don't see any reason that this is going to impact his production. I think he's good to go like he was last week. It doesn't sound like he re-injured anything. So no reason to think that he's not going to see 75% of snaps again. Right. Could just be a resting situation. I hope that he plays. Have to talk about one guy, though. Put out a tweet today. We're at injury underscore fantasy for those of you guys at home. Travis Homer. If, if, if Ken Walker can't go, I think this is a big Travis Homer week. Do I think he's going to go out and give you 20 points? No. I strongly think this week Travis Homer is a starter, man. Guy catches... A ton of passes. I'll just read some of the stuff I put in the tweet. They're clear backup, right? Seahawks, nine and a half point dog. Like I said to the Chiefs, they're going to have to throw. We just mentioned Lockett with a broken finger, not playing. Homer's been their third down guy. So if Walker can't play, Tom, you seem optimistic about it. Seems like he's going to play. But I think if he doesn't play, Travis Homer, he could have a day. You know, I think he's going to be good in the passing game. Did have a big fumble last week, but nonetheless, they just dropped and released uh, Tony Jones Jr. DJ Dallas still questionable. If Ken Walker doesn't go, I think he's a pretty good contingency plan. What do you think, Zach? Thoughts on, is it crazy if I play Homer this week? <laughs> if there's no Ken Walker, is that in my semifinals? Is that wild? You might be crazy. Uh, you might also not be wrong. I don't know. Yeah, it's the <laughs> passing. If, if you're talking about passing upside, like I don't love his rushing upside. If I'm looking at his rushing upside, it'd be mostly just to give me some sort of floor, uh, an idea of a floor. And then the passing volume, you're just assuming that with uh, Lockett being out, that maybe you get some more for uh, Homer there, which, you know, we've kind of seen he had four uh, receptions against San Francisco. Of course, they're a great run defense anyways, but um, yeah, I don't know. You might not, I think you're crazy, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you're stupid, if you don't have anything else, if that makes any sense. Right. So yeah, it's uh that's just a tough one. I mean, you'd have to make sure that Ken Walker's out and it sounds like, like you said, Pete Carroll, he never gives you anything good. So um, I just, man, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it's going to be a Ken Walker show, so you probably can just rely on him. But uh, I, yeah, I, I hope I would. You would have uh, onions of steel if you started Travis. <laughs> onions, I love that. That's so good. Yeah, I mean, for those of you guys at home, don't come and attack me when when Ken Walker is listed to play and he plays a full game. You said to play Travis Homer. It's only if Ken Walker's out. And he said, I'm not stupid, but it might be a little bit crazy. We'll see how that goes this week, but I'm with you. I don't know. I'm just kind of looking for shots. I picked him up just because I have Walker and just in case I need a guy there. But it's a lot of assuming for me. Oh, he's going to get it because Tyler Lockett's out or because the passing game going to be down. But who really knows what's going to happen there? But thanks, Zach. Thanks for thanks for telling me I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah, anytime. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> crazy. All right. Four injuries left, boys. We're rolling right through here. So this is another big one. Nick Chubb questionable uh, with the foot injury this week, still RB six on the year. I know he's had his ups and downs last couple of weeks really hasn't produced. You're not sitting Chubb, of course, unless he's not playing. Why don't you talk to us about that Tom and Nick Chubb this week? Well, I think you hit it right on the head, with that last one, you're not sitting him unless he's not playing, but there are some concerns here. It's a foot injury, which impacts every aspect of running, which is football. So sprinting, cutting, running guys over Chubb is like a a one cut kind of guy. So he could have potentially have a harder time making that one cut to get through the hole. Right. We, he did not practice today. He did not practice yesterday. Now they play Saturday. That's why they practice on Tuesday. 
not practicing twice to start the week and having an earlier game on Saturday, I don't love that for him. But like you said, we'll just keep keep monitoring. If he plays Saturday, you got to start him. Yeah. Still a must start. I mean, a real easy fix. I mean, if you have him rostered, uh, Kareem Hunt, if Chubb can't go, you just put him in. And I think Kareem Hunt is a must play if there's no Chubb. Even with, I mean, listen, they, we talked about this game earlier. They played a disgusting football game against the Ravens, that gross 13 to three game. And this is remarkable. I have never seen a total this low for this sat- Saturday's this game, Tom. Saturday, right? They play, I think. Yeah, they play Christmas Eve. Dude, Saints Browns projected total 31 and a half points. I've never seen that. 35 is low, 36 Ew. is low. 31 points. I might still take the under. I don't know what to do. That is really absurd. But I mean, are you worried about that over under Zach? I mean, from like, even like fantasy, like perspective, like Chubb, if he plays or a Chris Olave or Alvin Kamara, like that, they're projecting there to be just no points in that game. Are you worried about that? Yeah. I mean, Vegas tends to know what's going on. So I'm going to (laughs) take their, um, you know, I'm going to consider that for sure. 100%. Um, of course that doesn't mean it's a guarantee. Um, the offense for the Browns hasn't been stellar per se, but the offense, uh, sorry, the defense for the Browns has not been stellar, but the offense, um, has been pretty terrible since Deshaun has come back, uh, which I think is somewhat to be expected. And there's probably a lot of people out there celebrating that anyways, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't love if like, like Tom said, if he plays, you got to play Nick Chubb. But other than that, I'm pretty worried about everything else. Um, Olave. I don't, did we, well, I don't want to jump ahead of us on, on anything like that. Oh, but God, I thought man. I had seen something on him. Didn't he have some sort of designation from an injury standpoint? Um, if so, I don't know. If he plays, I mean, I think you play him. But outside of those two guys, I'm not really looking forward to anybody. And Kareem Hunt, he's efficient, but he never gets the ball. So you have, to, if both of those guys play, I start Nick Chubb and call it a day. Yeah, I'm with you there. And you're right. We actually missed Olave. Maybe we'll Tom will send a tweet about this or something and we'll get on the get on the website. But he's yeah, looking he's, at um he's dealing with a hamstring injury. Didn't practice today or yesterday. By the way, I don't know how I didn't realize this. There's eleven games on Saturday. I did not realize that. Saturday's the day. Saturday's yeah. the big day this week. Yeah. But um with hamstrings, we see a pretty, pretty notable decline in fantasy production from receivers, a decline of two point eight points from their pre-injury baseline. And remember, this is our biggest sample size. This is a sample of 79 receivers going back to 2017. Only 25% of them meet or exceed their pre-injury average in the first game back. So definitely some reason for concern with Olave there. All right. Last three. Here we go. This one has actually rapidly changed. I got some notifications today. So I wanted to talk about Colt McCoy, who was day-to-day with a concussion. He's ruled out. Now it looks like they're starting Arizona. Everybody's favorite quarterback, Trace McSorley. <laughs> Anything on that, Tom? Anything you want to touch upon there? I mean, a concussion, you know, pretty straightforward. You've talked so extensively about it, Andrew Tierketter and all those other guys. But anything you want to mention there for Arizona? Um, no, you mean McCoy's out this week? That's not good for anybody on Arizona's offense. But here's an interesting stat that I saw on Twitter today from Dave Kluge, 59 games in DeAndre Hopkins' career that he's played without Deshaun Watson or Kyler Murray. 59 games. That's like a lot. And he's in those 59 games with quarterbacks like Fitzpatrick, Mallett, Keenum, Hoyer, Osweiler, McCoy, <laughs> etc. Still averages 16.6 fantasy points a game. Yeah, he it, it's wild, it's man. wild. You said Ryan Mallett, Mike, <laughs> Brett Ott, or what's his name? Brock Osweiler. Osweiler my kidding goodness. me? So he's him. I mean, we we know that Hopkins is still the best. You know, I, I I don't know anything. I mean, I'd be lying if I said I knew anything about Trace McSorley, but what you're telling us is if you got Hopkins, you deploy him, right? Yeah. I mean, you can probably get away with Connor as well, but I, I don't think this bodes well for Marquise Brown. Um yeah. I haven't been big on McBride anyway. I don't think it goes well for him. 
Yeah, I mean, Connor, just sheer volume. I think the Cardinals are obviously going to struggle to move the ball, especially with McSorley there. I mean, <laughs> this team lost to the Broncos, who <laughs> are just atrocious. So we know how that goes. But yeah, Tom, like you said, man, Hopkins is going to get the volume. Last week, my sit of the week was Marquise Brown, only four for 19. I think more of that this week. And again, they're also six and a half point underdogs, not projected to score a lot. That game total is only 41. So something to pay attention to there and just to temper expectations for really anybody on Arizona, I think, probably except for Hopkins. I'm with you there. Okay. Last two, Ryan Tannehill, questionable with an ankle injury, but now I'm seeing reports that he might be done for the year. Yeah, he's done. Done. That's it. Really? Okay. So, so yeah, ahead, the, yeah, the hit looked bad. I mean, if you watch the video, I think it was um, Khalil Mack rolled up on him from behind in the side. Classic high ankle sprain mechanism. Um, the difference he for prognostically here with the high ankle sprain than someone like Jonathan Taylor is Tannehill's a pocket passer. So the, all that the mechanical changes that that occur with the stiffness and things like that that we talked about with Taylor are not going to negatively influence a pocket passer like they would someone who plays a position where they run constantly. Um, so Tannehill will be totally fine starting next season, um, but his season's done this year. All right. Looks like it's going to be Malik Willis, the Liberty product. He's fun to watch. I like watching him run around. He's super athletic. Um, yeah, they signed quarterback Josh Dobbs, I guess, as their backup, but it's all coming down to what it looks like a week 16 classic December Derrick Henry week, man. I see so much out there about like, I, I should have gotten the numbers. His numbers in December are stupid. Silly. He just win. He just goes off. And <laughs> without Tannehill and they play the 32nd ranked rushing defense in the Texans this week. Are you kidding? Oh my God. Zach, give it, give us some, give us some, not stupid. As you said earlier, give us some crazy projections here. What do you, I mean, just throw some stuff out there for Henry. What do you think this week, man? Well, if I told you 200 yards and multiple touchdowns, you normally would call me crazy. But if you look at the last couple of games that he's played against the Texans, so the NFL tweeted this out way back on October 30th, but I saw other people saying things today. So last game against the Texans, 219 yards, two touchdowns. Game previous, 250 yards, two touchdowns. The game previous, 212 yards, two touchdowns. Game before that, 211 yards, three touchdowns. If Derrick Henry doesn't, like, He's going to destroy them. He's going to take their soul, and he's, it's it's going to be – and if he doesn't, then I'm going to lose with you all. I mean, obviously, you're starting yeah. Derrick Henry, but you can – if if you have him on your team, congrats on your win in advance. <laughs> I, I'm with you. Zach, you got to send that to me. I just want to – I don't want to – I just want to look at those numbers that you just said. It's yeah, like, it's insane. Like, on the low – I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, on the low end, it sounds like – a buck 75 and two scores. And that's like a mediocre game from what we're projecting from. But then this is the week where it's like 21 carries for 54 yards. And no t- no yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm telling everybody <laughs> that, but I mean, it's, it's a, it's a trend. I mean, and like you said, yeah. the 32nd ranked defense, if he doesn't do it, it's because the Texans implode entirely. Right. Um, all right. Last guy here is Traylon Burks. Uh, Tom, I've been itching to get him back in my lineup. I think he's, I said this a couple weeks ago. For me, he's turning into like a must play, not a wide receiver one or wide receiver, but he's a good flex guy, wide receiver three. He's been, he's just, he's an emerging superstar. And I love watching him um, practice fully Tuesday, right? Concussion. Does he look like he's, he's trending to play this week? Uh, yeah, yeah. He's looking like he's trending to play. But Joe, we just talked about how his quarterback's out for the season. Right. Do you know what Malik Willis's passing yards were in the two games that he started? I know he likes to run. You want what? what? Two like the total of two games? Yeah, yeah. Give me your guess on that. Two forty. Mm, more than lower. that. Lower than two forty in oh, two games. A lot lower. One thirty. One thirty-five. In two games. In two games, he threw for fifty-five yards and eighty yards. All right, so I am no longer looking to get Traylon Burks in my lineup this week. <laughs> my God. I mean, look at this. Derrick Henry was their leading receiver in week 15. He had 59 yards. Great for Derrick Henry. That's amazing. But like, 
It's a great point. I mean, he's just, they just are not going to throw the ball. I mean, next year, I think Burks is a high end pick. I mean, again, I'm not saying first, second, third round, but I think Burks is going to be a guy that everyone's like sleeper. I mean, not that he's a sleeper, but he's going to be a guy that people target, I think. But like we said, <laughs> Derrick Henry might get 40 touches this week. I, yeah. They might just run yeah. him in, until, until he actually dies. They might just keep handing him the ball until, I don't know, but something to look at. That's a good point. If they're not going to, you know, if Willis doesn't like to throw it then, or can't throw it, then doesn't look like too much upside there. Okay. All right. That's look, looks like it's it for injuries. Well done, Tom. You're uh, you're the best at this, man. I try really hard. All right. Let's get to our last segment here. And this is going to be Zach's first one here. So he's going to be uh, put under the microscope here. We're even going to make you wait and go last for all the anticipation, Zach. I'll go first. So Got my start of the week here. Got my set of the week. I'm starting this one a little bit cautious for me in terms of, you know, I think it's not as risky. But my guy this week is going to be Jarek McKinnon. I think, yeah, you got Pacheco. He's their workhorse in that backfield. But McKinnon's participation and his snap share, they've skyrocketed in the last couple of weeks. Last three weeks have been obscene. 13 average, right? 29.9 and 30.2. And I think there's still people that are reluctant to playing him. I'm not at all. If I have him, I am playing him this week. Prolific in the passing game. Again, he's been more involved in the ground. I always talk about totals, high projected total this week, 48 and a half. I think we should see a shootout, a lot of points there, a lot of throwing there. I love Jarek McKinnon this week. Sit of the week. It's a guy I have, and I cannot play him under any circumstance. It's Brian Robinson. Polarizing player. You know, he has been their workhorse, has looked good in stints, right? averaging for the last five games, decent sample size, 12.6. That's good enough for, you know, mid low range RB two, but he goes against, like we said, guys, we alluded to this 49ers rush D the best in football. I don't even think it's close rank wise, only allowing 74.7 yards per game on the ground. 49ers are seven point favorites in a game already projected with a low score. And then it's just style. Like I watch Brian Robinson. I love him. He's a bruiser. He runs guys over. But against that front, I don't think it's going to happen. I think to beat the 49ers, you got to have quickness. You got to be able to get to the outside between the tackles. Brian Robinson's thing. It's also the 49ers thing. I'm staying away from it's a recipe for me for six, seven points. And I don't want that on my semifinals. So sitting Brian Robinson and I got the nod for Jarek McKinnon. All right, Tom, what do you got for the playoffs, baby? Higher stakes this week. What do we got? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to start an up and coming. Finally starting to hit his groove quarterback in his second year. First overall pick Trevor Lawrence. He's been the QB five since week nine. The Jags are starting to get it going and they're playing for something. They can make the playoffs. They, they can win the division. still. they're one game behind Tennessee and Tennessee just lost their quarterback. That division's wide open. Jags are playing for it. And guess what? He plays Thursday night. It's exciting. You like to have a guy playing Thursday night. It gets you really excited. So I think Trevor's actually a really good play this week. I'm going to sit any Tennessee pass catcher. That's Robert Woods. That's Traylon Burks. That's Oconquo. All of them. Because Willis, we just talked about, he doesn't throw the ball very well, at least this far in his career. I'm hopeful that he improves his passer. I have him on one of my dynasty teams. And I think he's just fun to watch. So I hope he, he improves. But until he shows that he can really deliver the ball at the NFL level, not starting any of his pass catchers. Well said. All right. Finish it strong, Zach. What do you got for your first fantasy injury team? Start and sit. Oh, yeah. You know, I came up with this. I've been thinking about this for months. So um, I'm super prepared <laughs> here. But um, we kind of already talked about some of these guys here. I'm going to go ahead and sit Alvin Kamara, you know, against that Cleveland defense. It looks uh, good, but I think they have a pretty bad weather game uh, as well. I, I was just thinking about that. And I think that may be part of the reason that that's so low there. Not 100%, but at Cleveland, that makes sense there. Um, if that is the case, we saw that last year. So check the weather on that. But Overall, Alvin Kamara just has not been cut in the mustard. He did have 91 yards last week, but in a low scoring game with the fact that he has not been performing well, I honestly don't even want to trust him. If he's on my team, I'm not sure I'm starting him. He's like a name that it feels like you have to start. But frankly, I, I really don't want to. So if I can find any reason not to play him, I will. Um, 
And then the guy who I feel really good about this week providing, you know, if you get the signature from uh, Dr. Tom over here that he's good to go on the week. I love Aaron Jones against Miami. Uh, I think that they're uh, obviously uh, Miami has passing like weapons galore over there, as we talked about. And I think they're probably going to shred the defense on green Bay, they're going to have to find a way to catch up. And if that's the case, you've got Aaron Jones who, who both catches the ball and runs it really well. Um, and I think he's going to, I think he's going to have a really, really good game. So provided that knee issues. All right. I'm throwing him in, uh, you know, overall compare anybody like that and seeing, seeing what we can do. Yeah. His knee issue doesn't look like a real issue. They, they, they just rest him during the week pretty frequently. Um, practice in a limited fashion today i no reason to think he's not playing this week so tom you are officially signing off on aaron jones correct all right and we're about to sign off as well gentlemen thank you everybody at home so much for listening zach kai duke thank you so much man it was a pleasure you're naturally here on your uh your, your first show with us and and it was a pleasure to have you really thank you so much man yeah, no, thank you guys. I enjoyed being here and uh, hopefully I didn't scare you away from maybe inviting me back at some point. <laughs> we would love to have you back and everybody at home. Thank you guys again so much for the fantasy injury team podcast. We wish you luck in the playoffs and we'll see you next week.